0: You're listening to the Fat Dude Digs Flicks Movie Podcast Network. What is up everybody? This is Andy, the resident fat dude of Fat Dude Digs Flicks coming to you recorded from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Oh man, Uh, this episode is a real treat for me. Uh, listen, I'm, I am coming right off of recording this, uh, which is two weeks before it's released. And I, I've just got to tell you this, I loved recording this episode. I was super nervous and probably sound like real putts. Uh, but it, it just having the opportunity to, to chat with this guest, uh, yeah, it, it, it made my night. Uh, made my week, and made me really enjoy doing this even more than I already do. Uh, My guest on this week's episode is none other than uh, star of the room, best-selling author of The Disaster Artist, Greg Sestero. Uh, Yeah, Uh, Greg is on the show to promote uh, the... Two screenings at the State Theater here in beautiful Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Uh, Two screenings on November 19th, the first at 7 p.m., the second at 10 p.m. Uh, It will be a wonderful evening. And uh, as of right now, there are definitely still tickets available for the second showing. Now, when this episode actually hits, I might have to put in the notes as to whether or not that's the case. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, man, I, uh, listen, <laughs> go get your popcorn, go get your soft drinks, and and I hope that you enjoy this <laughs> as much as I did. Uh, let's talk about The Room with Greg Sestero. All right, everyone, welcome to an all new episode of Let's. Taco Bout, and I am uh, beside myself in how thrilled I am for this episode. Uh, This is a a true pleasure uh, and just, I, I can't even find the words to express how excited I am for this. My guest on this episode of Let's Talk About is none other than star of the room and author of the
1: disaster artist, Greg Sistero. Greg, how are you? Hey, I'm Greg, man. I'm I'm uh, excited to be on. I'm excited to visit the State Theater in Sioux Falls on November 19th. So um, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a blast. We are so looking forward to having you. It's
0: it's just gonna be such a fun night, and it'll be so fun to kind of uh, have you here and kind of experience our our little crown jewel in the midwest. So uh, I am super pumped for for that evening, but really just so excited to get to talk with you and I feel like it's going to be <laughs> a very casual conversation cuz that's just kind of how I do things and I'm excited just to talk about you and and your life and of course we'll talk about the room cuz you know that's that's what we're here for to kind of help promote but I'm just excited to have a conversation with you. So I think I'll start with this. This is the question that I ask everybody. Uh, I'm a big comic book person. So I'm curious in the grand scheme of things, who are you, Greg? What is your origin story? Where do you come from?
1: That's a great question. It's a great kind of launch for uh, creativity as well. Um, You know, I got a chance. To wear the bat suit, 2018, <laughs> legendary. Let us let Tommy and I recreate a scene from The Dark Knight. And I've always felt a kinship with that character, dating back to the Chris Nolan films. Um, you know, mysterious character who um, is trying to um, to fight crime through bad movies, but then <laughs> the twist comes that. He takes on a new challenge, starts his work starts to um, affect people in a positive way and um, bring people together. but we never quite know who he is or where he comes from or what what he does at night. so I like the mystery of the bat yeah. Yeah. And it's funny that you
0: kind of said that, that uh, 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 life's journey of, you know, being able to have this positive impact on you. I didn't tell a lot of people that I am am having this opportunity to chat with you because I didn't, I didn't want to jinx it, (laughs) but it was the, 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 the people that I did tell some of them have, have met you before and you have this reputation of absolute kindness that preceded you. And I was just like, okay, this is going to be great. Like if, if everyone is saying that he is just this super nice guy, that's really going to make this. So I don't have anything to worry about anything to be nervous about is, is positivity and kindness kind of something that you cherish and, and, and kind of, you know, really want to have emanate from you and who you are as a person.
1: Yeah, I mean, let's face it, the only reason that anything's happened with the room or things are continuing to go is because of the, the the fan base, the audience. Um it's all really because of them and I feel really grateful to even have been given a chance to to continue to work and try to do the things that I love. So I really work, you know, for the fans. And that's what I really try to do is is make stuff that's going to you know, make them laugh, entertain them. I mean, you know, that's why this new horror film miracle Valley, like I really put a lot into studying like what, what they get laughs out of what moments work with the crowd. And, and I really try to give them, give them material that'll, that'll uh, it's either inspire them or entertain them. And um, so I'm just grateful to even have, you know, have an opportunity to, to tour and show films and, and, and do all, you know, 20 years later, still be able to work um, in, in the industry. And, and at this point, you know, traveling was always a big passion of mine and, and I will have crossed off 49 out of 50 States Oof. this year. Um, you know, and I'm just so grateful that there's so much support out there to, to go out there and, and travel and, and meet people. Yeah. What's the, what's the one that you have left to cross off your list? starting by the end of november the one state that's escaped me all these years is alaska. Oh, we we got to get
0: a campaign to get you to anchorage. <laughs> <laughs> i think that's that's just the, the place to go. it's cold but i think we've got to we've got to make this list uh uh 100% uh
1: complete. Is, is it is it pretty crazy to have done all 50 states? like I, I don't count just stopping in. you got to have a distinct memory in in every state. yeah, um, like I,
0: I think that's amazing. I, I, I am not, uh, uh, I have not traveled anywhere near as much as I would like. So that 50 states, uh, that's a huge accomplishment.
1: Yeah, I feel like it's, uh, you know, what do you do next? I mean, we got to create a, a, a new Sioux Falls so I can go visit. <laughs> that's right. I would say
0: Sioux City, Iowa, but you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, so, Sioux
1: Falls is where it's at.
0: That's right. That's right. So my question for you is kind of starting off this whole grand scheme of things, was, was acting something that you kind of wanted to pursue or, or, or even filmmaking and, and, and the world of movies in general, was that something that you wanted to pursue from a young age or was it something that you just kind of, you know, you got the bug at a, at a particular age later on and we're like, yeah, this is, this is the path I want to pursue now.
1: So my mom got me into movies early on. I loved the original Star Wars growing up. I loved Back to the Future, but it wasn't until I saw a movie called Home Alone mm-hmm. that I was really affected. Um, and it was, fun, it was funny because I was never really an engaged student, but I took a trip to Disney World in Orlando uh, one summer and we went back to school and I was so bummed. I didn't want to go back to school. I wanted to just live in Walt Disney World. So I wrote a script, a sequel to Home Alone, and I wrote this. I wrote a part for myself opposite Macaulay Culkin in which he and I fight the bandits while on vacation in Disney World. The uh, bandits, the bad guys, are now janitors working at <laughs> Disney World, and we fight them off by going through all the rides. And I, and I sent a letter to John Hughes saying this was a great marketing idea. You could use Disney World. You could cross-promote. I really believed this story was going to happen. I thought it was too good of an idea not to happen. But, uh, you know, John, you sent me a letter back and he said he was really impressed and to keep following your dreams. And I, and I was just so I was so hurt it didn't happen. But at the same time, I knew this is what excited me for the first time in 12 or 13 years, however I'd been alive, uh, however long I'd been alive. And I was like, this is what I want to do. And I just need to figure out how to do it. Um, so I knew that was my calling at that point.
0: Yeah. So kind of the, the truncated version of that then is, you know, you, you go, you, you, uh, I believe you started modeling. Is that correct? You did modeling and that transitioned into, uh, some acting like after childhood, but you know,
1: uh, I guess high school era, uh, Greg was a model. Is that correct? I did. I lived in Milan, Italy when I was 17. I, I, I flew over there. An agent brought me over there and I, um, I got a chance to, uh, to model and live over there, which was, which was great. But at the same time, I was like, I really want to be making movies and acting. And so, you know, I came back focused uh, to do that, but but living in Italy and, and modeling was a really great learning experience.
0: Yeah. I can, I can't even imagine just the uh, uh, cultural change, cultural shift, and then just having that, that uh, broadened sense of, you know, what else is out there in the world outside of, you know, the, the, the borders of America kind of getting to learn so much while overseas living in italy this gorgeous gorgeous country
1: yeah it was um it was crazy because i was 17 i was going out on castings with people that were like you know 25 yeah uh there was really well established and so it was just a a really good learning experience of getting out there and seeing the world and you know knowing what 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 future was going to be ahead of you and in this business of the uncertainty of it the challenge and um you know, again, I just, I love movies and that's what I tried to to focus on. Yeah.
0: So then you come back to the States and you, you, uh, take an acting class and that is where your path kind of crosses, uh, with Tommy Wiseau. What was your initial reaction to, to meeting Tommy and, you know, not really knowing at that point, just what kind of an impact, uh, he would have on, on your future
1: it was funny. I was always intrigued um, by characters and, you know, my mom is, is um, from, from France. Um, And, you know, I was always imitating her accent early on and I traveled to France at a young age. And so um, when I met Tommy, it was sort of like he was everything in an acting class that you shouldn't be, but it was so entertaining and so much fun to watch that I just wanted to, approach him and, and, and get to know him because there was he was just so even quotable even back then so I was sort of like the first fan of that type of acting with him and so um, you know he did a Shakespearean sonnet he argued with the teacher he was ready to leave and I approached him because I had just missed out on getting like a part that I thought would have really changed my life and I was so disappointed I was ready to give up so I went up to Tommy in that in that moment hoping he would like cheer me up and, and, and it was funny because that part, not getting that part was such an incredible life-changing thing for me. Um, Cause the movie never went anywhere. Nobody, I mean, obviously no, one's ever heard of it, but meeting sure. Tom changed, you know, changed the whole direction of, of everything I was going to do. And um, so I, I, it taught me early on to believe in things you don't get, the people you don't meet or the people who don't respond to you, you know, maybe you know, you put your heart and soul into something, all you can hope for is genuine results. And when you don't get them, you know, I, it might be hard, but it's most important to move on and, and and think that this, that the, whatever path is for you is lying ahead versus trying to force something. And, you know, I, I think about that a lot because I was so hurt not getting that role, but it was, it was a great gift. So, um, you know, and, and, and I sort of had a inclination that there was something to Tommy. I could have never imagined that it would have been as intense and as crazy as what it's been yeah and
0: and so much of, of the the journey of the room you express uh, incredibly well uh, in the disaster artist it really paints the picture of, of the entire experience so well and I think the, the the version of it that I really enjoy is I have the audiobook of it and that way it's it's you getting to tell your story like not just in text but it's you kind of speaking to to say this is what i went through this is what i experienced this is how tommy sounded when he said this are there moments from that entire filming experience that that stand out above all else i would i would tell people to uh read the disaster artist and 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 watch the film to get an idea of it but is there one particular instance that out of everything that happened with that film that you're kind of like this is this is the story this is the highlight of that that entire filmmaking experience
1: when it came to making the room yeah you know it was just one of those things where you were you know you're getting to watch something that you know probably will never happen again in the same way um during that era having a guy who you know, is going to go out, he's going to buy the equipment, he's going to shoot on film, he's going to write, direct, star, produce. Um, you know, before social media, it was just something that when I was watching it go down, I couldn't believe uh, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And, and again, being somebody who was so close to Tommy four years before, it was just, it was incredible to be at ground zero of, of something like that. And every day we'd go to set, he'd be like, today I will shoot car flying off of roof today we will shoot chris our scene on roof because it's more dramatic and what, the, the i think the beauty of my position is i never tried to convince him to do otherwise i just tried to convince him to make the movie he wanted to make um you know he's like i have to show my ass to sell this movie i'm like you're right let's do it <laughs> and um and i think we were the perfect match in that in that sense because i never really tried to alter his vision and um, I was along for the ride in a way that it was supportive. And and, and I just uh, tried to fit into the world that he wanted to create. So um, I also learned how important it was the uh, collaboration teamwork making a movie. But every day you'd show up on set, it was a surprise. And that's why I think these scenes are so quotable because, again, no studio, no investor, they would never allow this. And Tommy just got to run rampant and say, you know, oh, hi, Mar maybe you should have your own girl, Mar, And he had to, you know, got to tell the editor what to do. So That's what makes the room so unique and something so, I think important when it comes to studying cinema. And for, you know, for anybody who wants to see the craziest movie ever made, see it in the theater with people, because when we were making it, we were almost watching the making of it as a group, like we couldn't believe what we were seeing. And I think that's what makes it so fun to see the finished result, you know, with a crowd, um, you know, and an audience.
0: Yeah, it, it really is a a communal experience to absorb this film. My my first experience with it was I I had to, to to find hunt down a DVD copy of it. It was it was something I lived in South Dakota, so getting to see it in the theater just at that point wasn't happening. And you know you have to hunt down a DVD. I got my hands on one sight unseen, just knowing the reputation of the movie. And I watched it by myself and instantly was just in, in, entranced, like, because it is such a, <laughs> a, a, a enigma of a movie. Uh, but watching it with other people, after I watched it that first time alone, getting a group of friends together, it becomes this bonding experience to to really get to embrace this movie um and it sounds like that 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 notion of of uh community was something that everybody kind of went through putting it together uh i'm really excited to get to have this in a a as of right now the first screening is sold out uh on november 19th and to just get a packed house together to really enjoy this movie where I imagine that some of the people who are there have never had a chance to see this movie. You know, I'm sure there are, are going to be pockets of us that have definitely seen this multiple times and are really just thrilled to have the chance to see it on the big screen. But how would you, how would you sell the room to the few people who have not had a chance to see it and maybe have not experienced the disaster artist to to kind of know what what's this all about how would you plug the room to strangers of it all
1: the room is really like it's like an alien came to earth studied soap opera studied 1960s drama went back to its planet had an unlimited budget and went out and made a drama it's, it's really, it's, it's the movie an alien would have made after having movies explained to them. And I think that's what makes it so polarizing. And especially, like I said, with the crowd, cause you get to experience all those uncomfortable moments, those weird sex scenes, the plot holes, like, it's just something that is, you know, for 20 years now, it's something that people have continued to watch. I've been to Ireland. I've been to, you know, China. It's just something that has a magic to it that you can't, really get anywhere else and it's it's something that'll change your cinematic experience and your view forever once you've seen it with the crowd Um, and it's just always funny for me because you know it's been you know 20 years just about Um, I've made other films I I, you know obviously Miracle Valley's playing in festivals and we've shown that and people have really loved it but something you know with the room get a lot of people have not seen it and and I think with the disaster artists people have been been craving to see it with the crowd and it's just been really cool to get out there now and go to these places and, and get a chance to answer the questions and see the, the shocked faces after people seeing, seeing the movie. Yeah. I, I wonder, cause you know, this, this
0: hearing your, your story about the making of this, was there ever a time after this movie was completed after the movie played at the, 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 the theaters, did you struggle with the the reception and reputation that the movie had at all was it or was it ever something where it was just like you know your friendship with Tommy was so important that it was just you know this is still my friend this is still the movie that we made you know even though there's this talk about this movie I'm still okay or or was it ever a a moment where you kind of questioned like oh shit what did I do
1: you know it's it's funny because I can I can tell like People that aren't like from the outside, they're just thinking, hey, if you do, you do, you're in something that people call horrible, it must be, must be bad or you must not like it. But honestly, from the get go, it was interesting because it was the room wasn't a movie I didn't think anybody would ever see. But I was yeah. always, like I said, I was always a fan of Tommy's Chaos. And I always kind of wondered what would a normal audience think of it. So to me, instead of feeling more embarrassed or awkward, I was always more fascinated by. Yeah what people thought and because I wasn't established in any way I mean I'd done like a soap opera I'd been a, in a movie called retro puppet master I really had nothing else that I had done so I didn't really have anything to lose you know I think if you were an established actor and you're in something that is really really terrible you know then I think that brings you down because then that you have your, you know, you have something to work with. But for me, it was, the room was a gift because it was now all of a sudden you're in something that people want to see and they love. And that's like, okay, now I have a chance to do stuff to, to give this audience a new direction. And that's where I came up with the idea to write the disaster Artist. It's like this movie, while it's so bad, it's, you know, it's, it's good. The story behind the movie is something that I think people could really relate to. And it could tell a story that, would be really inspiring and really fun. And so when I wrote the disasters, that was the goal for that book to become its own film.
0: Yeah.
1: um, And be turned to turn the experience into something that would be positive and uplifting. And so that's what I did. And we had the movie made and, you know, obviously won a Golden Globe. And ever since then, I've been going out there and writing scripts and making films. And like I said, we just we just premiered at Fright Fest in the UK which is a, one of the top genre festivals and uh, people really have been responding well to uh miracle Valley, similar with the room. It's something that when you watch with the crowd, it brings a lot of, a lot of comedy, a lot of weird moments. Um, and uh, people have been responding to it really well. And I've just kind of, again, I've taken the room from the beginning, embraced it for the weirdness that it is. And I've been confident in, in the direction, you know, I've been going and uh, making new films and embracing all of it. Yeah, I, I want to talk about Miracle Valley here in a second
0: because I, I, again, live in South Dakota, so we're not kind of in that, that film festival circuit. But watching the trailer for it, this looks right up my alley and, and, and right up the alley of people who really enjoy suspense, thrillers, and, and ones that kind of take this uh, bizarre direction. So I want to talk about Miracle Valley here in a second, but I have one last little question about the room what you know over the course of 20 something years your 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 friendship with tommy is that still still as healthy as it was from the the beginning is it still is it just your your typical american friendship of two guys who are just like yeah we're buds we're gonna argue from time to time but in the end of the day like this is this is my brother is that is that what your friendship looks like
1: yeah it's all american friendship um Yeah, I think you know after 23 years, you sort of become family, and you've embraced and appreciated all the the crazy times. And um, you know, I think not many people can say they've uh, endured what we've endured. And um, you know, obviously we're polar opposites in every walk of life, but there's a connection there, and I'm uh, you know appreciative of all the all everything it's brought me. Yeah, yeah, it's just
0: it's it's. I, I was watching a a YouTube video from a, a few years ago, uh, just a little bit before I started this. And just watching the the banter that you two have, it's so natural. It's so effortless. And I think when you when you find that person who just gets you, and <laughs> even if you don't always get them, I think that's a really special thing to have. I I know that I think back on, on my friendships with, with people that I have. Uh, I'm a, I'm a bit of a sensitive fella, Greg, just so you know. Uh, But I I really cherish those, those friendships. And I think you never know when you meet somebody, just what kind of an impact they're going to have on your life in the long run. And so, you know, having a friendship that's lasted so long, I just think that's a, a, an incredible thing. And, you know, even, even if it's this uh, person that the outside world views as bizarre he, at, at, at the heart, he's still a great person and it sounds like a great friend to have.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of times from the outside people can have judgments, but you know, we're, we're real people Yeah, trying to live, live our life and, and, and especially in a creative world, it's, it's challenging, but you know, results speak for themselves. And I think 23 years later, I think um, you know, we can't um, can't really complain. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's it's great to see. Just just I I, I smile every time I get to see you two do anything together. Uh, and then that leads me to want to ask a couple questions here about Miracle Valley. So when did you? What did you? When did you come up with the idea for this? How did you get this this project going? Was this? Uh, did you want to tackle something that's kind of in the horror suspense genre? And this is just this was the one that, that spoke to you more, or was it just, you know, this was the idea and it just so happened to be horror or, or, you know, how did you come about wanting to do Miracle Valley?
1: Yeah. Horror's always been a genre that's fascinated me. You know, I, I I love Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, I especially love seventies horror, you know, the original Halloween and the Hills have eyes and just, just those, those awkward, creepy characters and moments. And I, um, it was just really something I wanted to tackle next. And, and I really wanted to try to write a desert thriller, kind of like The Hills Have Eyes. And um, I'm also fascinated by cults. You know, I watched Wild Wild Country and, um, you know, the Jim Jones. Uh, obviously, all, the, all those stories I was really fascinated by. And I thought I'm going to... I also really liked a movie called Marcy May Marlene something. It came out yeah. about 10 years ago. And so I really wanted to dive in and try to make something in that genre and, and, and kind of tie in the movies that I love and kind of do something different with it and have fun with it. And so, um, just, you know, right. we we finished just as the pandemic was happening. We filmed in some amazing locations down in Arizona and shot on Ari, gave it a really cool grainy seventies look. And, um, you know, we, uh, we finished it over the pandemic and have been showing audiences just recently, but yeah, horror is definitely uh, one of my favorite genres. Yeah, I, it it looks really
0: exciting. Where does where is this kind of stand right now? So you said it played uh, uh, a festival in the United Kingdom, uh, Fright Fest, if I, if I remember correctly. Is it is it kind of touring the festival circuits right now? Or has it has it had an yeah, opening?
1: We, yeah, we did Salem and we did we did um, Fright Fest and it'll be coming out next year eventually, but we're trying to take it out to select cities and you know, show it. Show it in theaters. I think theaters are really important. Getting it to see with the crowd. So we've been um, taking out yeah to a few cities, a few surprise screenings, and we'll be doing. We'll be releasing uh, the movie next year.
0: Yeah, I am very excited to see this. Like I said, the the trailer looks great. It looks like it's a it's a ton of fun and exactly the kind of uh, thriller and thrill ride that I'm looking for. Uh, Greg, I, I want to thank you so, so much for this opportunity. I I wanted to ask you, I have a, (laughs) a gimmicky set of questions that I like to ask my guests that I refer to as the fat five. They're fat. They're five kind of general questions about who you are as a movie lover. Would it be okay if I asked you the fat five? You got it all right so these are these are five kind of rapid fire questions uh some of them are a little bit more uh uh, complicated than others but i will hit you with the fat five question number one what is your favorite movie of
1: all time uh back to the future
0: great answer great answer i uh, that is that is my childhood just <laughs> laid bare. I love that movie. Uh, question number two, who are your favorite actor, favorite actor and favorite actress, male and female performers? Alive or dead. Uh, you know what? Either. It, it, it doesn't matter. Just who is, who is your favorite?
1: Um, I'd probably say Harrison Ford and. Um, hmm. Gloria Swanson. Okay.
0: Yeah. I, I I know that you're a big sunset Boulevard fan and Billy Wilder fan. So yeah, that's, that's great. Um, question number three, uh, who is, or I, I think maybe the way I'll phrase this question is, is there a director that if the opportunity presented itself that you would really enjoy either working with or, or getting a kind of, uh, uh, I guess uh, a nice sit down conversation with
1: I think the the best director out there today um, is uh, David Fincher yeah because his work has gone for almost you know 30 years and people still love those movies all generations love those movies mine the new ones you know it's still cool and I think you can't judge a filmmaker until it's had time to digest their work and if their work still stands and is important and I think um, David Fincher is really one of the one of the last ones
0: yeah yeah he is definitely one of my favorite uh directors uh working today for sure uh question number four is there a film that you are really looking forward to seeing either one that has uh not been released yet or has already been released that you haven't had a chance to check out yet
1: i want to see halloween kills i've heard mixed things but i you know i'm such a fan of the series i gotta i gotta check it out so i think that's a movie i if i if i could go see a movie right now it would be that
0: yeah, I think if you're a fan of the series, I think you'd probably have a really good time with it. It takes some uh, some interesting turns, but I I really enjoyed that one. I thought it was a a, a good a good piece in this new new trilogy. Uh, and then my last question for you: the name of the show is Let's Taco About uh, because I use my rating system uh, with tacos instead of stars. So the question, Greg, is for you: What is the perfect taco i'm gonna go with
1: a wagyu beef uh taco i think it's the right texture for it i'm gonna go with a a a freshly homemade flour tortilla a little bit of mango salsa and uh some cabbage and onion oof this sounds delicious. This it's, it's
0: too, too late to get that taco here
1: now, but that
0: sounds fantastic. Uh, Greg, again, I, I cannot thank you enough. This has been, uh, kind of a dream come true for me. Uh, I am so excited. I want to promote the the screening here, uh, coming to Sioux Falls, South Dakota on Friday, November 19th it is a screening of the room. Uh, the 7 PM screening is already sold out, but there is a second show at 10 PM tickets are still available. And, and Greg, do you have anything that, that you would like to promote?
1: Um, I really hope I I get to meet everyone there in Sioux falls and, and, uh, you know, like I said, I can't wait to hopefully get your tickets. if, If you can make it out and we'll be showing a teaser trailer of, of miracle Valley. And, um, you know, maybe even sneak in a, a surprise live script reading scene from um, the original draft of the room. So it'll be uh, we'll have surprises for you as well for anybody who shows up.
0: Oh, awesome. So I, I cannot wait. I am really looking forward to it. So we hope, uh, I certainly hope that people are able to make it out. Uh, Greg, one more time. Thank you so, so much. This was, this was wonderful for me and my heart feels full today. <laughs>
1: thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
0: Once again, a huge, huge thank you to Greg Sestero for uh, giving me time. <laughs> like just, just being able to have the opportunity to, to chat with him. Uh Yeah, this, this was, this was something really special for me. Like I said, I, I've been a fan of the movie for a long time and I'm so excited uh, to get to see it on the big screen. If you're in the Sioux Falls area, let me say it one more time. You should definitely come out. As of right now, tickets are still available for the 10 p.m. screening of The Room, November 19th at the Sioux Falls State Theater. Uh, It's a movie you will not soon forget, uh, and getting to see it with an audience uh, I, I can't even imagine it's going to be an absolute blast. So come on out, have a good time and, and Greg will be there to do a Q and a with the show. Uh, just, just, yeah. Prepare yourself for a one hell of a fun evening. Um, that's going to do it for this episode. It's, it's a, a short one, but I, I think, I think the content uh sells itself, folks. So you can follow uh, all things Fat Dude Digs Flicks uh, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. Just do a search for Fat Dude at Digs Flicks and you will find me there. Uh, subscribe to this podcast like this podcast, rate and review this podcast, share this podcast with your friends. If you enjoy what I'm doing here, uh, please certainly subscribe to the Fat Dude Digs Flicks Podcast Network, which not only includes Let's Taco About, but it also includes the Criterion Break, where Blake Ginnethan and Derek Vierink and I all dive into our love for the Criterion Collection proper and the Criterion channel. So by subscribing to this network, you get both of those shows, and they are just a blast to record. Uh, please, and also uh, leave a review if you wouldn't mind. Just a, a review on iTunes helps get us out to more people, and I'm always wanting to expand this audience, get more ears out there to to get an opportunity to, to really... Uh, listened to what I do, and hopefully enjoy what I do. This is a podcast that is based on wanting to have conversations with people about this thing that we all love so much, and that is the world of movies. So uh, yeah, I I would love to have more people, more opportunities to talk with fun people, uh, but definitely have more people listening so that we can all kind of share uh, this sense of joy for the movies. If you have any Questions, comments, concerns, suggestions. If you would like to be a guest on this show, uh, please shoot an email to fatdudedigsflicks at gmail.com. I'm always looking for new guests, always looking for recommendations, uh, just looking to chat. Like, I just enjoy talking to people about movies. So uh, please, uh, if you've got something you'd like to talk about, Send me a message and I will be more than happy to respond. Uh, That is going to do it for this episode. Uh, I hope you all are doing well. I hope you all continue to be well. We will be back here in this spot on this podcast feed next week. Same fat time same fat channel and let's talk about movies. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Please be safe out there. Continue to mask up, continue to to, uh, uh, take care of yourselves and take care of those around you. Wash your hands, practice social distancing, all that good stuff. We are going to turn the tide on this. So uh, go ahead and help me out on that. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Bye. Thank you for listening to Fat Dude Digs Flicks.